Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Willis Turner. He's the author of, let me get this right, 42 Rules for Engaging Members Through Gamification, Unlock the Secrets of Motivation, Community, and Fun. Thanks for being here, Willis. Oh, it's great to be here, Taryn. All right, so let's unlock the secrets, <laughs> as you say right in the book. First off, uh, what is gamification? When I saw the title of this book, it was a term I was unfamiliar with, so I'm really excited to sort of get into it. What does it mean? Yeah, well, that's a good question. A lot of people ask that question, and so I think this the title of this book really uh, needs explaining. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Gamification is actually the application of gaming principles to business problems. In the theoretical meaning of a game, like a video game, a console type well, of thing? Well, it's, it's taking the, the principles of gaming, okay. really, and applying those to business problems. So if you can think about the game experience in the game and applying those principles to challenges that we face in business as associations, as for-profit organizations. So would you say this is a new topic, but not a new concept? Exactly. It's becoming a trending topic, but it's not a new concept. Okay, so why should the C-suite understand it and employ it sort of in their everyday lives, this, this idea of gamification? Well, it, that's a good question, and Bing Gordon probably says it best. He's the former chief creative officer for Electronic Arts, the big gaming company in Canada, and he says that every CEO should know about gamification and the principles of it mm -hmm. because everyone born since 1971 has gaming as the new normal. Okay. So really people who are born after 1971 have their brains hardwired for gaming. And they just don't realize it. Yeah, it, it's, it's just it's part of it's the universal of experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we do it? How, how do, well, first off, you mentioned CEOs. Is gamification only for the C-suite or is it for everyone in an organization or an association? Well, there's two ways to apply gamification. One of them is as, as an enterprise application, which means applying it inside the company. Okay. So whether you apply it to your HR policies or whether you apply it to sales, marketing, but externally you can apply it for your customers and we're all being gamified whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. So for you, for a really good example would be loyalty programs with airlines or hotels. So you think about how you get points for staying at hotels, hotel nights, or you get points sure. for staying uh, or for flying on airlines, you're really being gamified. And so the concept of leveling up in gaming uh, is applied in business as well. So you get your silver status and then your gold status and your diamond status or whatever with the airline. So that's leveling up and it encourages you to be loyal to the company. Right. And so you're being gamed. So that's an incentive. Yeah. There's a game there exactly. for an incentive as a customer. So you mentioned that's external, but what about internal? How do organizations use it internally? Yeah, so internally you can use it to engage staff. So staff can be engaged through gamification by applying these gaming principles. Mm -hmm. So for example, you can have sales contests, you can have leaderboards, you can divide your sales force into teams. Each team could be you know, red team, blue team, green team, mm -hmm. and you could have leaderboards for those teams and show how they're advancing on their sales goals. And so that's really gamification for the sales force. Okay, so it's, a, it's, a, it's employing these techniques within the organization. And again, what is the payoff? Why employ this technique of gamification within an organization? And that goes back to the concept of people's brains being hardwired for gaming mm -hmm. yeah, because they respond to that without really even 
thinking about it because that's the way they've grown up. Okay. And so the modern workforce, the modern member, the modern customer feels uh, an affinity with that kind of a, a system. And there's actually something really cool that happens, and it's kind of maybe the darker side of gamification as well, if you would. If you think about uh, casinos and gambling, that's, game, that's gaming. Literal gaming. Literally. So most of us yes, associate it with, totally. right? And there is a dark side to that because you can be addicted. So there is a fine balance to be created in, with gamification so that you don't go to the dark side mm -hmm. because we all should have some kind of intrinsic motivation as well as respond to extrinsic motivation. So extrinsic would be, you know, seeing those, seeing our points stack up and, and responding to something outside mm -hmm. and leveling up. But intrinsically, we should be motivated to want to achieve more anyway. Okay. So we have to have a fine balance. So what happens when people in, the, in gamification and gaming actually, is there is a chemical released in your brain, an endorphin called dopamine. Dopamine is a really cool chemical because it makes you feel good. And so if so you, when you eat chocolate or something, right? Exactly. Or, or exercise <laughs> yeah. or something like that, right? So when you are actually playing a game physically or mentally and you achieve some level or accomplish something in the game, your brain releases that dopamine and okay. it makes you feel good. And you can actually become addicted to that too. Uh -huh. So you want it more and more. Right. So that's one of the things that gamification does is it actually makes people feel good. Okay. You mentioned that dark side though. So in terms of establishing that balance within the organization, what would be an example of the dark side within the internal gamification that you mentioned as opposed to the external? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that it can create a competition that's not healthy. Okay. So internally in your company, if you have competition that's not healthy, you can have people cutting corners. Maybe they'll cut customer service just right. to achieve their goals, or maybe they will try to be more efficient rather than more effective. And so you get these shortcuts being taken and it short circuits the system and it creates an unhealthy environment and maybe an unhealthy culture in the organization. So we mentioned these 42 rules. I like that a lot, Willis, because it's sort of the short and sweet kind of rules. That they flow into each other. It's a very easy read and it's a quick read and you understand it. So I like that a lot. So bravo. Something that really struck me, though, I was looking for examples of gamification in the real world. Because, again, I came into this book thinking, okay, is this about video games, consoles, that sort of thing. But you say that large-scale gaming structures include our educational and political systems and it's this idea of they are infinite games with finite games built in which I thought was really eye-opening so tell us a little bit about that I guess let's starting starting with the political system you also gave the NFL as an example mm -hmm. so let's tell our viewers about that sure well the political system is a is an infinite game because you want the country the governance of the country to continue in succession you want it to get better all the time you want to engage people in the democratic process however there is a finite game within that, and that's your elections. So where you're actually engaging the voter to come out and express their opinions about candidates and get involved in the debate. So the, the infinite game is you know, keeping it going forever. The finite game is actually the election. Right, but it's just interesting that politicalism is a game. We don't oh, it, even it, realize it. Totally it. It's, it. The whole thing is we're yeah. all being gamified. We're being gamified and you know, in the run-ups and, mm -hmm. and all of the candidates uh, are playing to this game. Right. Uh, so that's, that's how gamification works. And in the NFL, it's the same thing, really. The NFL is actually an association. Mm -hmm. And the association's job is to keep the NFL alive. You know, to keep to perpetuate the the NFL, but there are the everybody knows about the Super Bowl, and that's a finite experience. That's a finite game within mm -hmm. um, the infinite game. And you mentioned earlier, before we started uh, rolling, you were saying how LinkedIn 
is sort of this example of an association that employs these techniques. Yes, so LinkedIn is actually a for-profit organization, but they refer to their customers as members. So when you, when you create a LinkedIn profile, you become a member of LinkedIn. Right. And inside your profile, you're always encouraged to build out your profile and connect with other people. And when you log in and you see your, your web page and your account, your profile, as they call it, there's little graphs that show you the percentage of completion that you've yeah, got. Yeah, I always see that. Yeah. And I'm so, wondering, I'm not 100% I'm not complete. And I'm like, I'm trying to be. I'm just not. Yeah. So it encourages you. And then you also see the little thing uh, where how many people have viewed your profile. And doesn't right. that make you curious? You want to drill sure. in. It engages you. Right. So that's gamification. So that's a game. C-Suite Radio. You talk about, uh, in part two of the book, this sort of uh, idea of the game arc. Yes. So, so I guess, just to back up for a second, I wanted to know who is the gamer, and then how does the game arc apply to that? Okay. Well, the gamer could be anyone. Okay. I didn't know if the gamer was necessarily the CEO, or if the gamer was me as the employee or the yeah. member. Well, the gamer should certainly be the CEO. Okay. Because things come from the top down. And it's just like social media. If, if your organization is encouraged to use social media, but the CEO is not engaged in social media, then it's, it doesn't ring true. Yeah, it's futile. It doesn't it, yeah, exactly. make sense. Right. So the CEO should be involved in gamification, but everybody in the organization, it should just be part of the culture. Okay. And then, so does the CEO create this gaming arc? What, what, what do you mean by that gaming arc? Is that the whole process of gamification? Well, you really need to start with a strategy when you think about gamification. You have to have a gaming framework. And the gaming arc is just part of that, just one component of that. But if you think about a story, when you read a story, you actually, you get started into the story and, you, and then the character develops. Then the character faces a challenge and there's a climax and mm -hmm. there's an ending. Right. That's just like gaming. So you need to have that same kind of an arc built into your games so that people feel the game, so that they, it's a natural progression. Okay. So it's not just dropping people into a game, but it's a natural progression of helping people understand and experience the game as they okay. go through. So if the CEO is the gamer, what does it mean to think like a game designer? Well, thinking like a game designer is really thinking like a story writer, like an author who writes a story. So you have to have a plot line. You have to think about it. How do you develop this so that you draw people in and they want to turn the page and find out what happens next? Okay. And so really that's developing the game and the, the, the plot for the game so that people are really start to get engaged and they want to play. So Willis, in terms of this idea of gamification and the, the CEO as the gamer, how important is it to receive feedback from those playing the games, from the members or the customers, so to speak? That's a good question. It's really critical. People love to give feedback, and so you have to have a feedback mechanism or a feedback loop so people can give feedback. It enhances the experience. They feel like they're more a part of it. They're important. Their role is important. And especially in the nonprofit sector with professional associations, really associations need to be in tune with their members and getting feedback. Usually they're pretty good at that, but in the gamification concept, it's really even more critical so that you get a solid understanding of how people are playing the game. One of the concepts in the book that we talk about is scaffolding. And that scaffolding is if you think of just a physical scaffold on a building, it helps people climb up. And scaffolding in a game helps people navigate the game and climb up to the next level. And so 
you need to have feedback. You need to see how people are doing on that scaffold and do they need help? Do they need extra tools right, or right. assets to get there? Right. How do we need to sort of maintain the scaffold or change it? Yes. In terms of feedback, though, in the digital world we live in, this this social media world, has feedback changed, though, in terms of oh. gamification? Yes, totally. Yeah. Because you can give feedback instantly where you give people points. Giving people points is feedback. Giving people badges is feedback. Right. And so they can share those uh, socially. And so that's very meaningful in today's world is giving people those opportunities, even leveling up as feedback. Right. And the feedback sort of then becomes widespread. It's exactly. not just something that's limited to yes. the internal association. Mm -hmm. Got it. Well, I think it's a fascinating concept because I have to say, when you, as I was reading it, it's like, wow, all these real life examples. Like we mentioned, political, educational system, the NFL, literal games, but then figurative games, but are all employing this concept. Just lastly, you mentioned in the book sort of this idea of gamification. Eventually, it'll just become a universal experience, right? It'll be, it, it won't be something that we're specifically sort of in tune with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like right now we think about, well, is, is it gamification? Is there gamification here? How do we create it? But the, really the new norm is going to be the only time we're not really going to say the word gamification. We're going to think about gamification in a new way. And the only time it's going to become obvious is when it's missing. Exactly, right. It just becomes yeah, second nature. Yeah, exactly. so. We're out of time, Willis, but I thank you. Uh, really, really interesting read. Of 42 rules, I think maybe we got to about three and a half of them. <laughs> we could be here all day. But uh, it's very insightful, so we appreciate your time. So thank you very much. And if you'd like to hear more about the book, go to our website, www.csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.